What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Yeah, position previews begin right now. 2019 was the year of the mobile quarterback. Is that the new normal, or will we have the return of the pocket passer? Guys like Ben Roethlisberger, can he get back in the top 12? Jared Goff, can he get back in the top 12? Philip Rivers, probably not. Um, but uh, are we seeing a trend, a uh, new type of quarterback really evolving in the NFL it's, I guess, been years in the making. Welcome to the show, everybody. Adam Azer with Jamie Eisenberg, Heath Cummings, and Ben Gretsch. I think this is Ben's first position preview as a member of CBS. So, Ben, welcome. Uh, good luck to you today. <laughs> I, I've, I've done so many pods on here. And it's like... <laughs> None of them were as important as this. Not, like, never, apparently. apparently. The, the, the most important, important ones. Yeah. And Heath yeah. wore his uh, Harrison Bucker jersey for... Uh, for QB preview week. You know, you, you've you got your draft Mahomes sign up. I've got my Mahomes jersey on. He's the only quarterback that actually matters. So we'll just spend an hour on him. I guess so. All right, let's start with this question. Let's kick it off with this. Football term, kick it off. How many quarterbacks are you comfortable with as your starter in a one QB league? All of them. <laughs> That's why he's on the position preview, folks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jamie, why don't, you, why don't Jamie kick it off since you haven't spoken yet? How many quarterbacks? How deep do you go in your rankings? Say, all right, this guy could be my starter. 24. 24. That would be like, who's 24 for you? Either Teddy Bridgewater or Phillip Rivers. You don't really feel like you are okay with Teddy Bridgewater or Phillip Rivers as your starter. Why not? Do you really? I mean, last year, Jimmy Garoppolo was the 13th best quarterback. Like, it's it's just one of those things where... You need 25 touchdowns. You need 3,500 passing yards, and, and you're going to be in the conversation. Okay. Practically, though, you've never gone that deep in your rankings, though. I, well, you don't have to. I yeah, mean, that's yeah. the thing. But, you know, right. you're, you're asking. Like, we're doing a super flex draft on, on Thursday that, uh, you know, these guys certainly come into play at a, at a different level. But, I mean, it, it's the position is so deep. I mean, you were start. I started Ryan Fitzpatrick in a championship game last year. Where was he at the beginning of the year? <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, by the way, was only 21st in points per game. Ben, how deep do you go in your rankings? Right, it's cool like 24 or 25. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I have I have Tyrod Taylor at 26. I am totally comfortable starting week one with Tyrod Taylor in a one in a one QB league. I know there's concern about how long he'll start, but there is going to be concern about 
how available every single player in the NFL will be for 16 games this year. So I'm a lot less concerned about that this year. He has a great opening schedule. There's literally no reason to not be comfortable starting the year with Tyrod Taylor. There's going to be quarterbacks available. Uh, we did a, an FSGA draft, me and Chris Towers, uh, about a month ago. It was a 14-teamer, so it was a deeper format. And we got into like the 18th or 20th round, I think. I think it was a, it was a pretty deep format. And we literally took Gardner Minshew as our last position player as our only quarterback. I mean, I, I think you can do that if you're in a deep enough league. Heath? I'll answer it a different way. Um, there are 14 quarterbacks that I feel confident drafting and not worrying about who my backup is and just starting them every week. There are another probably half dozen that are not in that top 14 that I feel perfectly fine starting week one, including Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd say 20 is a good number that I would feel good having as my starter week one. Okay. Tyrod Taylor, by the way, 2015 and 16 per game in a four point per passing touchdown league. He was top 10 per game. Uh, 500 yards rushing and four touchdowns or six yeah. touchdowns each of those two years. In a six point per passing touchdown league, he was like 13th and 14th per game, but uh solid player in, in 2015 and 16, not so much in 17 or 18, I guess. Um, all right. So that's a good way to kick off the show. Uh, overall quarterback strategy, Jamie. What, what would it be? Well, I mean, I guess based on the answer, uh, wait, you know, uh, as, as we're going to find out, you know, it, it's hard to say with, you know, drafts on, on our site right now. Uh, but the average draft position for Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes are first round picks. Uh, I think by the time we get to the bulk of our drafts at the end of this month, they'll be back end of the first round, maybe the worst case scenario, middle of the second round. Um it's just, you know, people gravitate toward those two guys and I get it. But I think as we saw from them, they're a great example. Now you're not going to find these caliber of quarterbacks producing at this level, but Mahomes in 2018 and Lamar Jackson last year were basically double digit round picks. And so, you know, you, you don't want to go into your draft saying, okay, I'm going to definitely get the next Lamar Jackson or definitely get the next Patrick Mahomes. Cause those guys are, are, you know, superstars, NFL MVPs for a reason, but you want to hit on a guy that can maybe be the eighth best quarterback or the sixth best quarterback, however it unfolds by getting them hopefully as late as possible. So, you know, don't, don't feel when you see a run on quarterbacks, like you have to panic and jump in and get one of those guys, because there's just, again, so many quarterbacks that could have the chance to emerge as top 12 options. And again, I'll reference our ADP uh, Matthew Stafford right now. Thankfully he's off the COVID list and we know about the story that it was a false positive with his test, but uh, he's the 19th quarterback. And I'm sure his ADP will be somewhere between 13 and, and 15 by the time it settles. Uh, he's a perfect guy to wait for if you want to, you know, sit on the position. Daniel Jones, Ben Roethlisberger, Jared Goff, uh, Cam Newton. We talked about all these guys many, many times. It's just, it's just so deep that you don't have to reach for a quarterback. Yeah, Stafford and Fantasy Pros. I got the Fantasy Pros ADP here, and he's 13th. He's the 13th quarterback off the board. He's going around 120th overall, so it's like a round 10 pick. Um, Jackson and Mahomes on Fantasy Pros are currently 17th and 18th in ADP. And then you've got this group of four that we've talked about so much. Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Kyler Murray. They're all going around five. They're going like within three picks of each other, basically. In fact, in, in one format, I think it was half PPR, Kyler Murray, Deshaun Watson, and Russell Wilson were back-to-back-to-back to back to back in average draft position. Uh, so there's obvious tiers there based on ADP. You got your, your elite two, your next group of four. Uh, we did a tiers episode a few weeks ago. Heath has Dak Prescott 
in his own tier in between those two groups. Um, but all right, so look, I know you can wait on quarterback. I got burned last year waiting on quarterback. There were two in particular that I really liked, Cam Newton and Jared Goff. I had great reasoning for both of them. Uh, neither one worked out. So I'm being a little more open-minded this year. To but get who, did you, who did you pivot to? Yeah, I, 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 I don't remember. Um, because th- that's a good question because you could have pivoted to Daniel Jones at multiple times throughout the year. You could have pivoted to Ryan Tannehill and had the second best fantasy quarterback for the second half of the year. Right. There were lots of options. Yeah. It, it wasn't like I had a bad quarterback for for 16 weeks. Well, for 12 weeks, 12, 13 to 60 weeks, whatever it was uh, that I played. Um, but uh, but yeah. No, and golf I'm, outside of those four games wasn't exactly horrible. But I'm yeah, but he also had very few really big games. Uh, and Cam obviously was total bust. But um, what was I gonna say? But yeah, no, I I think that there's a there's a lot of appeal to having an elite quarterback, since, especially since we've seen Mahomes and Jackson as kind of late round picks just win people fantasy leagues. But are, are you guys feeling? Well, Heath, my question is, are you feeling um, more likely to try to get a top six quarterback this year than you had in the past, or is it the same, or is it less, or what? This is probably the most difficult position preview pod that we do because our reality is so much different than a lot of our listeners. In our leagues, sure. I am I am really quite open to taking Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson in the third round, to taking Dak Prescott in round five or Wilson or Watson in round six. Um, I, I don't really think that's going to be the reality most of our, or at least half of our listeners get to enjoy. I don't think that because we've seen what Mahomes and Jackson have done the last two years, that makes them worth first or second round picks. If they were to repeat their record setting seasons, where should they be drafted? Well, then they should be drafted in the first round. I just one and two. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's just, yeah. Okay, but we obviously we're not giving them great chances to do that again. Ben, um, are you more likely to wait? Or are you more likely to target? Uh, what group of of quarterback are you likely to target? Uh, I'm most likely to wait for sure. Um, in a lot of our drafts earlier in the offseason, I was taking Stafford really late. Um, he's settled in around QB 12 or QB 13. And even he sometimes feels like too early for me now. And I've started to pivot in, in some of my drafts to Jared Goff, who goes even later. Um, but just, you know, finding a guy that I think has reasonable upside and is going too late and is somebody I can target. Uh, but I will look at that group of four because I think they're, it's a really interesting group. And quarterback is deeper now than it used to be. Like I, I saw somewhere in, in something – uh, I guess the auction that we just did on Twitch. Um, I was looking at the chat from last year and we were talking about how I bought both Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. And Watson was a clear number two last year. And I was like, man, I forgot that he was a clear number two. But last year we thought Mahomes and Deshaun Watson were like the only two guys that had a certain upside. I think this year there's all six of them. And so it's a little bit different where they're, you know, Mahomes and Jackson are high and their their upside is clearly higher and their potential to hit it, I think, is higher. Um, but they're, they're probably too high for where I want to take them, but the next four are really hard to sort out and their whole range of like floor to ceiling. I'm really comfortable with all of their floors and I I like all of their ceilings. Um, so I do get into some positions where like in round six, around seven and he's right, this won't be valid for everyone, but if you can get that sixth quarterback and you're getting the last one in that second group of four, um, I kind of like that. It's almost like, Adam, when you get to uh, and, and it's weird because our drafts right now, we're drafting with each other 
constantly. And we've done more mock drafts this off season than ever before because of the lack of sports. We've been filling content for our site. So we know essentially what our patterns are. You know, yeah. I know what Heath tends to do. I know what Ben tends to do, Adam, Dave, you know, whatever the case may be and, and vice versa with me. Um, I've tried actually to do some different things. Like, uh, you know, I wasn't part of the, the Twitch stream. I did a completely different auction strategy that I've ever done with you guys, you know, where I just spent a lot of money uh, to just try something different. So um, in our magazine, that's uh, the next magazine that's going to hit the newsstands very soon. I took Lamar Jackson in the third round. I don't think anybody's ever seen me do that. You know, the people that have followed me carefully, uh, but I took two running backs. Lamar Jackson was there. I had the fifth pick or the sixth pick. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was sixth pick. Uh, I took Dalvin Cook, Josh Jacobs. And then in round three, uh, I was like, okay, you know, receiver so deep. I'll get a, a, a quality number one guy in round four. So there's Lamar Jackson sitting there. Now take Lamar Jackson out of the equation. Put that as Dak Prescott. Put that as one of the other guys. To his point about our drafts being different than, than somebody else. If you feel confident enough that Dak, like Heath has him, is in a tier by himself, or like I keep saying, Deshaun Watson could have that MVP type season. Uh, Russell Wilson, clearly, Mr. Unlimited, could have a, a, a big year as well. Kyler Murray, as we see with DeAndre Hopkins. There's so much potential with that group. Then... <clears throat> substitute that because receiver is going to be deep. So if you have your running back core and maybe one wide receiver that you really, really like, and you get great value on one of those top six guys, certainly the, the group three through six, don't hesitate to pull a trigger because like Ben said, I totally agree. One of those guys could be the number one quarterback. Uh, I don't think they will be record setting like we saw from Mahomes or Jackson, but they may not be far off from what Dak was last year, which was very, very good. Let's fire through these questions here. Uh, how does your strategy change in a four-point per passing touchdown per passing touchdown league? Wait longer. Draft a runner. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely rushing upside is the big one for me. Yeah, okay. Same. I mean, you know, you, you look at, uh, especially if you look late, you know, Minshew, don't overlook his rushing numbers. Daniel Jones, don't overlook his rushing numbers. Tyrod Taylor, the amount of starts that he can give you. Like I said, he's had, you know, 506 touchdowns on his resume. Uh, before. So any of those guys, you know, if, if you miss out on, um, you know, Kyler or Russell or obviously Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, those type of guys, you can still get a good rushing quarterback late. One thing I wanted to bring up, though, about four point for passing touchdown leagues is a guy like uh, Matt Ryan. He's not really that much worse in that format because passing yards become more important, right? So the guys who are going to throw for a lot of yards can still really stand out in four point per passing touchdown leagues, they have an advantage over the rest of the field. I, what I've noticed is it seems like the super efficient, like the Drew Brees mm -hmm. is someone that gets hurt more by it because he'll have a low number of pass attempts. He's going to be really, really efficient, but the high touchdowns don't help him quite as much. You also got to look at what the interception is interception uh, penalty is in yeah. those leagues. Cause if it's minus two, then it's just going to kill you. Okay. How about in a two quarterback league? What's your strategy in a two quarterback league? It's not much different. I mean, it's still you're trying to find value throughout the draft for me. And I actually really love two quarterback leagues and just waiting and waiting and waiting. And you can definitely get caught doing that. Um, but typically you can wait even longer than you think you can wait when it comes to two QB leagues. Um, and so like who, I said, who I've, are I've your quarterbacks? Who are your ideal quarterbacks? You think like. Is it like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford, or is it like Tyrod Taylor and Gardner Minshew? Yeah, it's like Tyrod Taylor and Gardner Minshew. I mean, not those two as my only two. I would like to get at least one that I feel comfortable. Like when Heath was breaking it down into guys he feels like he can plug in and play, I'd like to get at least one, like a Matt Ryan or Matthew Stafford, that I, I feel comfortable playing for most of the year. But I I, I would treat my QB2 spot. I, I've taken four QBs in those types of leagues before. 
and treated my QB two spot like an RB two spot where I'm going to rotate based on matchup. So we have this super flex draft on Thursday on CBS Sports HQ, and we'll have the results you know very soon after the draft. We're going to do two quarterback draft um, the following week, and I think when you look at it, where you draft is going to determine I think what you decide to do early as well. Uh, I have the 11th pick in the super flex draft. If Mahomes or Jackson fall, I'm taking him at 11. You know, I, I think it just gives you an advantage in that format to take one of those type of guys when you're starting two. Now, if you're starting one, it's a different conversation, but you get such an advantage if you have one of those guys. And um, I had somebody in our office ask me today, they did a startup dynasty league. I'm curious your guys take on this because I didn't love it, but I, I certainly get where the guy was coming from. It was his brother, uh, one of our producers. Uh, startup Superflex, uh, startup Superflex uh, dynasty league. Um, I think it's PPR. I didn't get the, that detail, but had the fourth pick, took Mahomes at four, and then took Kyler Murray in the second round, got Kenyon Drake as his first running back in the third round. I would have preferred somebody other than Kyler, but if you go Mahomes that early, but I get, you know, again, the, the advantage that you have with those two guys because of what they could be for many, many years. In a super yeah. flex format, I kind of love that. I think Kyler should be a, like a one-two turn guy in a super flex in Dynasty, personally. I would take Mahomes and Lamar Jackson redraft or super flex um, or redraft or dynasty and a super flex two QB He's right after McCaffrey. So it's McCaffrey and then those two quarterbacks. Okay. I, um, there's something to be said in a super flex or a two QB league for really loading up on with your first three or four picks on running backs and wide receivers. Cause they, they fall because people are obviously taking quarterbacks and then yeah, getting the, QB 10 and QB 15 or something like that. But I think also we want to have at least three quarterbacks on our roster and a two quarter. You got to have two, you got to have three and sometimes four. I don't know, but certainly you want three on your roster. Well, and, yeah. and that's where scarcity comes in because not everybody gets three, right? Like yeah. That's 36 in a 12 team league. Yeah. How many of you guys took more than two in the Scott fishbowl? I did. I did. I took, uh, Jalen Hurts in the final round as my third. As your third. Yeah, I took four. I took uh, um, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, and then Taysom Hill, just my last pick. All right, more strategy. How does your strategy at quarterback change in a PPR league? And I bring this up because, look, they don't catch passes, so they're worth a smaller percentage of your fantasy points, and maybe they fall a little bit. Heath, do they fall for you in a PPR league, quarterbacks? Yep, well, probably around. Why? They are not the good receivers and good running backs are worth more than the average receivers and average running backs in PPR leagues. And the quarterback's value over replacement cost doesn't change. Yeah, I mean, if you're in a four point per passing touchdown PPR league, and I imagine many of our listeners are, how motivated are you to, to spend on a quarterback? It's just not a, it's, it's so different than a stint than a non PPR six point per passing touchdown league. It, in, at least in my opinion, uh, sounds like for Heath pretty different too, but you know what I'm saying, Ben? Like, what do you think about that? Four point per passing touchdown PPR. You're devaluing quarterbacks a lot, aren't you? Well, I'm devaluing them anyway, but I don't, I don't usually consider those factors. I think it's a, a pretty marginal difference. Um, because you're like, yeah, I understand your point about how like the quarterback scoring a smaller percentage of the total points, but you have a certain number of spots that you can fill with the quarterback. Usually it's a one quarterback league. You have one spot and the only considerations for that quarterback spot are either the best quarterbacks or, you know, some waiver wire quarterback or whatever. And then the other positions, they're different. And it's all relative to like, how many points are you gaining over every other quarterback in your league? 
Um, and I, and I, I get his point where the, the top ones end up being a larger gap between them and, and what you would call replacement level in a format where they score more points. But I just don't think that's such a big gap that I would change my quarterback rankings by that much. Like I just looked at it from last year and I, I'm it'd be good to do this over a larger sample size, but in PPR, it was about a 65, 70 point difference between wide receiver 12 and wide receiver 36. And non-PPR, it was like a 35, 40 point difference. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, Adam, I'm looking at our flex draft from this weekend, which is a half point PPR league and four points for passing touchdowns. And like you got Matt Ryan in round 10, which is fantastic. Matthew Stafford was the next quarterback taken in round 11. Um, I had the last of the big six. I took Deshaun Watson in round seven. Um, after that was Josh Allen, Carson Wentz and Drew Brees. And so, you know, again, it's an experts league, but I, I think still we probably wouldn't have seen Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes fall to even round three, uh, just given how we see some analysts draft those two guys, especially in round two. All right, let me get some uh, sleepers, breakouts, and busts for you. We'll go through ADP. We'll talk about all these players. I'll have you debate Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes and um, and much, much more. Who's your number three quarterback, et cetera. Uh, let me promote a few things first to celebrate draft season and to thank all of you for being such loyal listeners and viewers on YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. We're giving away a 75 inch and a 55 inch TV contest is completely free to enter. Go to cbsports.com slash giveaway. Uh, we also have the link in the episode description, cbsports.com slash giveaway. This contest ends August 17th. Um, we got Twitch on Tonight, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, twitch.com slash FF today. It's going to be me and Dave Richard on there. Dave is going to be answering all of your fantasy questions. It's an AMA with Dave. Let's have some fun. 7 p.m., twitch.com slash FF today. One last thing, everybody. Golf's first major of 2020 is finally here. The world's top players, including Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson and Rory McIlroy, are teeing it up this week at the PGA Championship in San Francisco. Well, you got to listen to the First Cut podcast. This podcast is crushing it lately. Uh, they got you covered with DFS, betting previews, round-by-round analysis throughout the tournament. Listen to the first cut and learn how you could win $4,000 this week by playing our CBS Sports Golf Props game. You can find the first cut on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now even YouTube. Just search for the First Cut Golf Podcast. Let's do sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Jamie, who's your favorite sleeper quarterback? My favorite sleeper quarterback is probably Ben Roethlisberger because as we saw in 2018... He threw for 5,000 yards. He did that without Antonio Brown, obviously, but we know what he has in terms of upside as a passer. And I think uh, similar to like what you said about Cam Newton, that he he ruined you last year. Uh, he ruined a lot of people last year as well. And I think a lot of people are going to say, I'm not taking Roethlisberger again. But um, when you get past the top 10, 11 quarterbacks, whatever the, the cutoff may be, 13 if Matthew Stafford is the guy, I think Roethlisberger is in that next group with Goff, uh, from a passing standpoint with Daniel Jones, Minshew, uh, Cam from a rushing standpoint, but Roethlisberger's resume speaks for itself. And so I think he can get back to the level of not necessarily having a career season like he did in 2018, but could be not far off from that, given the diverse receiving core that he has to help replace what he loses in Antonio Brown the last time again he was playing a full 16 games. For five straight seasons before 2019, Ben Roethlisberger was no worse than eighth per game in four point per passing touchdown leagues, and no worse than ninth in six point per passing touchdown. I believe leagues. in that in that in that span, he had no worse than a season where he averaged twenty one point one points per game. 
And so if he does that, that puts him right in the conversation for a top 10 guy if he just hits his average based on what we saw last year. Uh, Heath, who's your favorite sleeper? I mean, do you really have to ask? (laughs) (laughs) Did you see his quote yesterday? Yeah, basically he uh, steered COVID off. That's right. (laughs) Um, Like... He's got the flow going now. The mustache is back. It's Gardner Minshew. He's being, I was looking at CBS ADP trying to find where he is. And it's like, these are a little skewed, but he's going behind Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, I, I, Drew Locke, Ryan Tannehill. I take him over all those guys. Yeah, I'm trying to get, d- did not contact well, you don't even the have virus. To. Took one look at me and ran the other way. That's what he said about coronavirus. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, he's going super late. Uh, like he, so what, whatever, however many rounds your draft is, Gardner Minshew will be available right before you take your kicker and your defense. Just don't draft. It's true. We we all know that you're going to do that in all of our drafts, and he still goes there in every one yeah. of our drafts. I mean, I true. was I was absolutely shocked. I forget which draft it was. Or ten team draft, ten team PPR draft, and you took some quarterback in the top ten that you have ranked in the top ten, and then as a second quarterback, you drafted Aaron Rodgers, and it just absolutely floored me that you took a second quarterback not named Gardner Minshew. Yeah, I mean, it, like if the perception on this show was the ADP, Aaron Rodgers might be my favorite sleeper quarterback. But um, not that I particularly like him. I just, I still think Aaron Rodgers has more upside than Gardner Minshew. And it makes me sad to say that, but it's true. <laughs> okay, Ben, who's your favorite sleeper? I will say that my issue with Aaron Rodgers is that he doesn't have enough upside, and probably Gardner Minshew has more upside than Aaron Rodgers. But uh, as much as I do like Heath Minshew call and Jamie's Roethlisberger call, they're two of my favorites. I, I'm going to probably say Kim Newton right now, who is still way too cheap, uh, but his ADP is going to rise. So maybe like for a longer term pick, it, it would be Jared Goff right now. You know, is it going to rise? Because like it hasn't been. You know, it has to for Cam Newton. It's gone on CBS. It's gone up like whatever. I don't know what the time frame is, but it's up fifty-one spots. Right, but but on uh, when did he sign? I have got ADP from July fourteenth. It was before that. It was around July fourth, right? Yeah, uh, he, July fourteenth from NFC on NFC. He's still QB twenty. I know, and then he was nineteen for a little period. I, I've been tracking it. If he goes in that range, he is clearly the top sleeper, um, and I'm probably going to own him in every league. Okay. <laughs> Cam Newton, Ben Roethlisberger, Gardner Minshew, and Cam Newton. And just to give you a, another real-life example of how this can work, in the magazine draft that I referenced, Chris Towers drafted both Cam Newton and Jared Goff. And he drafted Newton first, which you know ADP does not necessarily reflect that. But that's giving you a guy with a floor that we've seen two years ago was QB6. And it's giving you the ceiling of a guy who, for when he's right, has been a top-five quarterback. So if you want to just pair two guys together outside of the top 12, that's the perfect mix of quarterbacks. And if you want to substitute Daniel Jones in for Cam or Minshew in for Cam and substitute Roethlisberger in for Goff or um, I'm trying to think somebody else that's safe in the Aaron Rodgers, I guess, Stafford, you know, one of those those type of guys that you can get 12 or later. Uh, it, it's the perfect marriage of taking two quarterbacks just like that. I want to and, talk. and for me, I don't disagree with that, if, especially if it's a little bit of a deeper league. But for me, I don't mind just taking the high risk guy, knowing that I'm probably going to just start the season with that guy. And then if he bombs or he gets hurt or whatever, then I can find somebody on the waiver wire that's hopefully a little more stable. It might not be as stable as like a Stafford, but I I just won't necessarily take two quarterbacks, but it's kind of the same philosophy. I can fall back on the Gardner Minshews of the world and still get stable points at quarterback, right? Because that's available on the waiver wire in every league at QB. To clarify, this year, if you don't have Sunday ads, 
you're carrying two quarterbacks, right? I'm carrying. Oh yeah. I yeah, mean, if I have enough sure. roster space, sure. Right. That's the key. You know, if you're in, uh, I think some of our, our leagues are still only 15 roster spots. It's, it's going to be hard to carry two, but um, you know, you should probably consider it. All right. One thing I'll say about Newton and the reason I'm so, I was so enthusiastic. I didn't really give any reasoning, but we know that rushing has been so highly valued now. And part of why I like Goff and I like the Roethlisberger call um, this past year, the top seven quarterbacks all hit a certain rushing threshold. I don't remember the stat right off the top of my head. I believe it's 250 yards. Maybe it was 300 yards, all top seven prior to that year. You have to go back to 2002 when uh, it was a rich Gannon was in the top three year to find a year where there wasn't at least one top three quarterback that didn't rush for a hundred yards. So a completely immobile top three quarterback every single year, one of the top three, that's not like you don't have to be a running quarterback to be good. It definitely provides you a base. It provides you a couple points per game. But if a guy has a really big passing season, that is still the bulk of quarterback scoring. And I think there's a little bit of an over uh, reaction to some guys like, uh, I don't think it's true of Minshew, but like maybe Daniel Jones is an example. Do we know Daniel Jones actually has that much upside as a pass? Adam's ears perk up. But do we know that guy has as much upside as a passer that can really, or is it just that he did a little bit as a runner and, and we're overreacting to that? Now, Newton, every year of his career until last year, ran for at least 350 yards, and it's at least 480 yards if you take out the one year where he was like banged up with his back broke. That's when he ran for 359. I mean, this guy seven, runs seven, for almost- seven of nine years, 488 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah. I, and all the TDs. Right. Exactly. So it's, it's an incredible rushing floor from a guy that you're not getting those discounts in 2020 right now. So that's why I love Newton. So much. I think the thing about Jones and, and he's one of my favorite breakout candidates from the, that perspective also is yes, you're hundred percent right. There's, there's a complete unknown about what he can do because we only saw it four great games and the rest was miserable. And we know the turnovers were just completely awful, especially with the fumbles, but it's the weapons around him too. You know, it's not like he's stepping into a situation where like Minshew has to sort of do, a, a, in my opinion, just a little bit more superhuman type feats. And Heath will say he's capable of that because he's got DJ Chark and then a bunch of unknowns. Like we like LaVisca Chenault, DD Westbrook, uh, Chris Conley, you know, they're just guys, um, you know, whatever running back is going to be the one that's the main pass catcher, Chris Thompson or still Fournette. Uh, but Jones just, ha- I mean, like you just look at, you put skilled proven quarterback and it's like Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay you put skilled proven quarterback with Slayton Shepard Ingram and Barkley and Tate and you go holy bleep this could be amazing really see that I've no, always wondered that group. because it's, very good, it's very good but it doesn't have a great receiver they don't have a lot uh, but it has a great tight end and a great running back and that offsets some of the other things that they yeah. may be lacking I, and, and I, I agree with that actually I, I didn't mean to like dog on Jones uh, like I know what Josh you're saying Allen, yeah I, I know Josh Allen's yeah. another one I think yeah. that comes up and I actually like Josh Allen's ceiling too I just think those guys are maybe it's better to say they're more fairly priced and there are people I know in the fantasy football community and in the industry other writers that I know that um, are still st- that, that stick very firmly to the I, I need a rushing quarterback and I, I just think they're fairly priced now. I think their floor and their upside at that uh, for that particular skill set is no longer this big exploitable weakness, except for if Cam Newton is going quarterback twenty. Then then there's one clear ex- you know point. And that that's a great point, Ben, because it's like okay, you know Lamar is going to run. You know Mahomes is slightly underrated as a runner, but obviously what he does as a thrower is completely ridiculous. Um, Wilson's track record, you you put him in the rushing category, even though he may not run as much anymore. Watson, same thing. Um, uh, he's going to run. but uh, And then Kyler, obviously, what he showed you last year as a rookie. 
Then, and, and Josh Allen, because that's basically like the top seven guys that you're going to see go. It's that next group of quarterbacks that everybody's like, oh, do I want Drew Brees or Matt Ryan or Tom Brady? Because they don't run at all. And, yeah. you know, that's the, the, I think the struggle that fantasy managers may have. And, and, and Wentz kind of toes the line because when he's right, he'll run. But when he's, you know, clearly battling injuries, as we've seen the last two years, he hasn't run as much. But uh, I, I think that's kind of the decision. You know, Adam, when you look at it, at this position specifically, it's like, okay, once you get past Allen, because I think he, again, he's, he's the bridge. And then it goes into the just the throwers, uh, and they're great. You know, they're they're Hall of Fame guys, and, and Matt Ryan's a former MVP. Um, it, it, that's the decision that people have. Do I buy into that group, or do I wait even more and go for Cam or uh, Roethlisberger, Goff or Minshew? You know, whoever the case may be, Stafford. It's just it's just a weird, weird group of uh, the top seven, and then the next like four or five, and how people approach it, especially just in six points for passing touchdown. Yeah, well, that's why I always draft two quarterbacks because we talk about how deep it is. And regardless of COVID or not, I mean, I want two chances to get a great player. So, um, you know, I'll take Matt. I've been taking Matt Ryan a lot. I mean, I, I don't know why it just seems to be falling that way, but I'll take someone from that group of the guys who don't run, the Hall of Famers who don't run, the Breeze, Brady, maybe Ryan, uh, you know, and then Stafford. Uh, but but I did, you know, keep talking about this rushing stat thing. Okay, 2018, eight of the top 12 quarterbacks ran for less than 200 yards, including four of the top six. In 2019, there are only three of the top 12 quarterbacks that didn't hit 200 rushing yards. So who departed from that group? Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. Andrew Luck retired. Jared Goff, bad year. Drew Brees got hurt. Phillip Rivers was bad. But also, like, Matthew Stafford was number three on a per-game basis. Drew Brees was number two on a per-game basis. You don't have to be a rushing quarterback. It's a good point. Don't overreact to it. These pocket passers. And, because 30 touchdowns, by the way, is a really big benchmark. Okay, 30 passing touchdowns. Almost every year, about four out of five of the top five quarterbacks throw 30 touchdown passes. So just keep that in mind. Deshaun Watson but Think, has think been about the three guys that, that uh, you know we're, we're basically looking at here. Uh, Ryan is on the team that led the NFL in pass attempts last year. That's a big plus for him with two great wide receivers and potentially a breakout tight end. You have Tom Brady stepping into a situation where the quarterback he's replacing to think about that, that he's replacing somebody uh, just threw for 5,000 yards and what that upside could be in Bruce Arians system. And then Drew Brees, who's been a five, the, the only quarterback with multiple 5,000 yard passing season on his resume has the opportunity to still be good even as he's in his early 40s. Now, you could certainly argue the flip side of all three of those guys and what the downside could be, but still, that's what you're sort of poo-pooing when you look, you know, ah, they don't run. I don't, I don't right, want to draft right, them. Right. It's, it's, it's a very bad argument to be making in six-point leagues, six-point passing touchdown leagues where the penalty is only minus two for interceptions. Okay. Can we just wrap that part up? I, I'll ask you this. Who's your favorite of those three? Breeze, and I'll throw Stafford in there. Breeze, Brady, Ryan, Stafford. Who's your favorite? And do you like any of them better than Josh Allen? I have I'll recently... Let, sorry, okay. go ahead, Jim. No, good, man. Uh, I, I recently moved... I, I wanted to jump in when you are talking about you've been taking Ryan everywhere because I recently moved him to seven ahead of Allen. I, he's a guy that's the perfect example, and, and Jamie hit on it perfectly, how these... What, because there's so much with the running quarterbacks, they're getting lost. And he said everything, and you said everything about Ryan. I don't need to repeat it, but he's a, a, a clear value to me. This guy has amazing passing attempt upside, efficiency upside. His touchdown rate was poor last year. It can easily bounce back in that offense. They're going to throw a ton. It's it's Ryan for me. I, I think he's a great target. 
Jamie, who's your favorite? Is he ahead of Josh Allen? Uh, Ryan is my favorite, but I actually have Allen and Wentz ahead of them. Uh, Wentz is kind of a wild card for me because, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that his receiving core will sort of bounce back and help him get to that next, uh, or back to the level that we saw in 2017. I just think he's, um, in that mold of he'll run a little bit, he'll throw for, you know, enough yards and, and touchdowns. Um, and youth I think is on his side as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ryan, Ryan Breeze Brady, I, I think are all great fallback apps. I was actually pissed at you when you took. I nominated Matt Ryan for a dollar. You took him for two after we saw some of these dollar bid quarterbacks. Uh, I was perfectly fine settling for Wentz because I thought actually Wentz would go for $2. So thank you for giving me the guy that I have ranked higher. But oh, all right. um, I, 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 I had to sit through another cycle after spending so much money and just, you know, waiting that out. But uh, the, yeah, Ryan to me is the best of that trio. Heath, same question to you. It's also Matt Ryan. And no, he is not ahead of Josh Allen or Carson Wentz for me. Okay. I, I seem to forget putting Carson Wentz there. Carson Wentz is right on the border of the 250 rushing yards where it's like, I feel like you're a running quarterback. If you get there, he's, he was right around there last year. Wentz, by the way, here's where he's ranked points per game last three years. And after I say this, we're going to breakout. So, uh, last three years, Carson Wentz points per game, top three, 15th. And last year he was 15th and four point 12th and six point. All right. We'll cut more on him later. Uh, who is your favorite breakout Heath? I I I don't I don't know this year. <laughs> Great. Like seriously, the, the here's the problem. I, I can I can explain this very well. Just say Minshew. Just, just say Minshew. Well, I mean, I just use it with my sleepers. <laughs> I know. So I can't. I know. Um, <laughs> like my the problem is the guy who I expect to take the biggest leap in terms of fantasy points and where they finish is Kyler Murray. But I'm also lower on Kyler Murray than ADP and the consensus and definitely than Ben. So I can't really call Kyler Murray my favorite breakout because I don't I would call him a bust as the third quarterback off the board in the fifth round ahead of Dak and Wilson and Watson. But I do think like he was 14th or something on a per game basis last year and I have him sixth this year. So I guess Kyler would be my answer, but he'd also probably be my top bust. <laughs> How's that? That's a great, I love it. A great answer. Ben, what's your answer? Is it Kyler? <laughs> yeah, it's Kyler. And I, I recently made the case in a, a kind of a range of outcomes look that he has probably the highest floor of that three to six quarterback range. And that's probably the hard thing to to for a lot of people to grasp and probably the most controversial side of it. I also think he has the highest upside. I don't think he has the highest median. I think Dak has the highest median, which is kind of a weird way of saying that. But Dak, I think, has a, a really strong um, set range of outcomes that where, you know, this is a very positive offense. I think Dak's floor could be a little lower if Mike McCarthy meddles too much. I don't expect that he will. They were so efficient last year. But his pass attempts jumped a bunch last year. Dak's previous two years, 27 and 2018, if you take his average in all scoring formats, including six point per passing touchdown, that was worse than Kyler Murray's rookie year, where he only threw 20 touchdowns. Kyler Murray's floor is so high because he runs more than all of these other guys, and they're all mobile, but it's important to recognize that he runs more. Watson would be second. Dak and Wilson leg a little bit in terms of the additional rushing points that they're going to add. And then Kyler's upside, that's why I think he has such a high floor, his upside is the passing side. Do they add a bunch of plays because they were so um, so fast-paced last year? And does DeAndre Hopkins really help his passing TD rate and his uh, passing efficiency? I think his TD rate 
uh, should already be expected to improve because in the first half, it was half of what it was in the second half. So I, I think he has a lot of passing upside on top of that rushing floor. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry for laughing, but we have multiple Heath coming now. Yeah, the Twitch <laughs> has got two Heaths. It's pretty... And they're both like doing the same exact thing right now. All right, now we have <laughs> one, back to one Heath. Um, yeah, Kyler, Kyler Murray is obviously a popular breakout. The Kyler Bust Heath. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Kyler Bust Heath is the one that's still in the room. Uh, Jamie, who's your favorite breakout? If I can use Deshaun Watson, it would be him. I'll just, you know, reiterate what I've said time and time again, that I think this is going to be the best year of his career. Um, I think clearly it's contingent on having healthy wide receivers because I don't think if he's throwing to Kenny Stills, Randall Cobb, and Kiki QT, it's going to get there. But if Will Fuller and Brandon Cook stay healthy, given what this defense could be, uh, I think David Johnson will be okay, but he's, as he showed us last year, better in the passing game than he was running. I think the run game takes a step back where they had a 1,000-yard rusher last year. But as we saw from Watson in his rookie campaign, and again, he had DeAndre Hopkins that year, he was on pace for 700 rushing yards. You reference uh, Carson Wentz as a top three guy. He was actually two in points per game that year. Watson would have been one in points per game. And again, he only played seven games. But I just think he's going to have to be superhuman, uh, like we saw from Cam in that 2015 season. So uh, I'm excited about Will Fuller. I'm excited to a certain degree about Brandon Cooks. But I do think that Watson carries this offense to a level that uh, we may not have seen him do before, like we saw in that playoff loss against the Chiefs last year, where he was just a, a maniac trying to keep them in the game. And as we saw in the comeback effort against Buffalo as well. So I, I'm, I'm excited about Watson. I think he's the third best quarterback. I get every argument against Watson and every argument for Prescott, Wilson, and Murray. All those guys have a chance to be fantastic. He probably has the lowest floor of that group based on losing DeAndre Hopkins. I still think this is going to be a big, big year for Deshaun Watson. If I can't use him, I'll go with Daniel Jones because I do think that he's got the upside to finish as a top 12 guy. Let's take a quick break here, find out which Heath just re-entered the room. Uh, <laughs> when we come back, we'll talk about busts and we'll get into ADP and uh, some player debates and whatnot. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we got Ben Roethlisberger, Gardner Minshew, and Cam Newton as sleepers. We've got Kyler Murray as a breakout and a brust, I guess. And uh, Deshaun Watson, as a, you know, it's a brust. breakout slash brust, slash bust. Who's an actual bust? Okay, Heath, you want to make a Kyler Murray case here? Wouldn't, that, wouldn't a bust out make more sense? Yeah. No, um, a bust out is clearly like the same as a breakout. A bust out is, could absolutely just be a bust. No, you're like busting you bust out. out. You bust out of a poker tournament. You I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave. All right, go ahead, Heath. 
Um, I do think that like there is undeniably Kyler Murray upside, but I'm projecting him to score like 50 more fantasy points than he did last year. And I still have him behind Dak and Wilson and Watson. And on some sites, he's being drafted well ahead of those guys. And I, the one thing I don't know if it gets enough consideration is if the passing numbers go up like they possibly could, and I won't deny that possibility, it's likely the rushing numbers will go down. I would not expect if he throws for 4,000 yards this year, which I haven't projected to do, that he's going to run for more than 500 and that same number of touchdowns again. All right, Jamie, who's a bust? Um, I mean, Aaron Rodgers is obviously the easy one, just given the fact of what this offseason has been and where he looked, what he looked like last year. But I'm going to just go based on average draft position and say Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, if he has any decline and we saw what happened to Mahomes last year, you could say it was injury related and, and that's a fair argument. Um, but, you know, if he goes from 1200 rushing yards and, and we've had this conversation many a time, um, I remember the first time Heath and I had this on, on set was, I think, toward the end of the season with Pete Prisco. Um, either you or Pete, Heath said like uh, 700 rushing yards could be uh, where he ends up. And, you know, Pete said he's going to improve as a passer, which everything he's talked about this offseason is something he's hoping to do. So if he throws more and runs less, um, we, I think, collectively don't expect him to lead the NFL in passing touchdowns again, which he was super efficient in getting that to occur. Uh, he's, he's a bust in the first round. So you're, you're drafting him at his ceiling, and his ceiling was one of the best seasons ever for a quarterback. It's just hard to replicate at that average draft position. So um, like I said, I'll take him in round three if he's there, but uh, anything in the first two rounds, I'm out. Why is he a bust and not Mahomes since they have basically back-to-back ADP? Because I think what Mahomes does is more replicable than what Jackson does. You know, again, uh, we've seen 11 quarterbacks throw for 5,000 yards. Only two have thrown for 50 touchdowns before. But, you know, Mahomes can be 4,500 yards, 4,800 yards. He could be 40 passing touchdowns. For Lamar Jackson to be as good as he is, he's going to have to be the second quarterback ever. I'm sorry, the first quarterback ever to have back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons. He could still be, again, 800, 900 rushing yards and have an unbelievable year. His rushing touchdowns could go up. But I just think the passing touchdowns come down to whatever degree. Uh, if he's going to throw more, interceptions are probably more likely. So the turnovers will be a little bit of a problem. Um, so I, I just think that if you're looking at the two, it's why we have Mahomes collectively ranked ahead of Jackson in six points for passing touchdowns. What he does is a little bit easier to replicate than what Jackson does. And, and we talked about this with Mahomes a lot, like the touchdown rate and how you had to regress it. If Lamar Jackson last season had had a 6% touchdown rate, which I believe is still the all-time record held by Aaron Rodgers and possibly Russell Wilson as well. If he'd had a 6% touchdown rate last year, he would have thrown 24 touchdown passes. Instead of That's 36. An, an enormous difference. Right. Like right. and, and A third of his touchdowns gone. And mm-hmm. in terms of the rushing, you know, again, the only other quarterback to do this in terms of that level was Michael Vick. And we didn't get to see what he would have followed it up with because, you know, of, of his involvement with the, the dogfighting ring. So um, there, there's no history to tell us what that level of rushing can be done year over year. Well, so, I'll tell you this. I mean, I'll give you I'll give you Michael Vick three years in a row. He played 15 or 16 games. He had 902 yards, 597 yards and then 1039 yards. And then he got suspended. But I want to I want to make uh, one point here because this is something I noticed. Like you think the yards per carry would come down for Lamar Jackson because it went from 4.7 to 6.9. But the only player I can compare him to in NFL history is Michael Vick. And Michael Vick averaged 7.3 yards per carry in his first six seasons before he got suspended. 
And that's not even, and, and, and Jackson didn't even get to that last year. And if you just want to compare their college numbers, Lamar Jackson was like a much better rusher than Michael Vick. Michael Vick was rushing for like 600 yards. Lamar Jackson was rushing for 1,600 yards two years in a row. And his yards per carry was higher than Michael Vick's. So first blush, it's like, well, the yards per carry should come down for, for Lamar Jackson. But if you just compare him to Michael Vick, I'm not so sure that they will. Because it, because it, Vic was 7.3 yards per carry for his first six seasons. And it was very consistently around there, I think. So, I don't know. That really stood out to me. That maybe he it's can a, have a, a crazy a yards point. per carry. Um, there, there was a story in The Athletic about the Ravens and their rushing attack uh, by Jeff Zeribiak. I, I, I always butcher these guys' names. I apologize. But um, it was a great story about how they made divvy up the touches for all four of the guys. Uh, he was talking to Greg Roman. He was talking to the running backs, uh, John Harbaugh. And... The one thing that he brought up in there, which is small, but it's a, a part of Lamar Jackson, is that if his rushing attempts come down and they added a pretty significant piece in one of the best running backs in J.K. Dobbins, and so if they're keeping Gus Edwards involved and they're trying to keep Justice Hill involved, you know Ingram and Dobbins are probably going to get their carries. Who does that come at the expense of? Well, it probably makes sense to preserve your MVP quarterback a little bit and not have as many design runs. And so I think that's where it could – you know, Jackson could get hurt a little bit. Like when the pocket breaks down, he said it himself, you know, he's going to take off run because that's what he's naturally used to doing. And he's so good at it. Like you just illustrated with his yards per attempt. But if I'm Harbaugh and the Ravens, I have this asset that you saw what happened to RG three and you know what the history is with running quarterbacks. Don't put him in as many situations where he could get hurt. Still do it because it's the best thing on your offense, but don't maybe do it as much and lean on some pretty amazing running back talent that you have with Ingram and Dobbins specifically. I was just going to make that point about his actual rush volume to your point, Adam, about comparing their yards per carry. Cause I, I think a higher percentage, and I don't have any numbers to back this up, but I think a higher percentage of Vic's carries would have been scrambles. He never ran for more than 125 carries. It's hard to overstate how crazy Lamar Jackson running 176 times last year as a quarterback was. That's more than 50, more than Michael Vick's career high. He also ran 147 times. In his rookie year, as a part-time player, he was coming in for some packages early in the year and then was the quarterback in the second half. And no no other quarterback in the NFL ran over 109 times last year. I mean, he had such a a, a gap in rush attempts. And that's the, the designed run specifically to everything Jamie just said is where I would question whether he could maintain the, the same type of yards per carry that Vic did. All right, Ben, who's your bust? I think Rogers is another good name, but I'm going to give you one that we don't talk about in this context a lot, but I won't probably draft in a single league this year. And it's Drew Brees. Um, I don't have any issue with Drew Brees. I don't think he's going to be a bust. Uh, I just don't see the reason to draft him in an area in the draft where there's other immobile quarterbacks that I think have more passing upside. He has not been in that, you know, 600 pass attempt type, Obviously, he missed time last year, but in that in that pace that he used to be back in you know 2016 and, and prior, he's been a uh, a lower volume passer over the last three seasons, and then that has helped his efficiency and, and and volume and efficiency go back and forth sometimes. But he's another guy, career high TD rate last year, 7.1 percent. Saints top two backs only scored 12 touchdowns the previous three seasons. They had scored at least 24 in each year. Uh, I expect that the running backs will will steal a few of these touchdowns. Taysom Hill last year. They love to use him. Just so happened that I think he scored seven touchdowns. Six of them came on passes, so they all still helped Breeze. But if, if Hill runs for some TDs, and he only had one rushing TD last year, then, then that starts to cut into Breeze. I just don't know that he can maintain such an, uh, an efficient pass TD rate at this point in his career. I don't know that he has the attempts 
to really put up huge passing yardage numbers. Um, I, I'm not really buying that he's going to be a top, you know, top 10. I mean, maybe he'll be a back end top 10 quarterback, but a difference maker, somebody that's worth taking uh, in the rounds where he goes. Drew Brees pass attempts last three seasons, not counting the game he left with an injury uh, this past year. 33 and a half, 32.6, and then last year, 37.5. That's a good number because he's so good. But if it's back down to the 33.5 or the 32.6, then you see like what happened in 2017 and 18. He was number 11 in 2017, and he was number 9 in 2018. There, right, there was so a difference, there though. There, there was a difference. He had Mark Ingram playing at a very high level, and Alvin Kamara was was fantastic. But that's, that's what Ben was point, just talking know? about, that the running right, game Right, right, but, but do they have that second rusher to sort of support that? That's the biggest thing is because Kamara's not going to do that by himself. I mean, you know, he's not going to have that rushing production by himself. Latavius Murray certainly has the ability to maybe be that guy, but that's what you're hoping for is that can he be what Mark Ingram was when he was great those last two years? All right, let's go to ADP now and uh, look at... Mahomes and Jackson going 17th and 18th overall. So when would you guys feel comfortable taking them? Third round. Eight to 10 spots later. Fourth round, maybe. I don't know. Probably not. I'd yeah. say third for Mahomes, fourth for Jackson. Wow. I, it's just so interesting. It's like, you know, how you're going to take Melvin Gordon over them or something? No. Good Lord. Do you even know me? No, but he's taking John. The You're not, over. but I'm talking about, I'm talking to Heath, I guess. Um, I, I, I like, like I said, you know, I, I'll go back to that magazine draft. I had two running backs. I was in the middle of the, of the round and that's where they fell. Uh, Mahomes went first. Jackson was, was available to me. I, I just think, you know, when you look at the wide receivers and you get to that point where it's um, the two Rams guys and Lockett and, and, you know, if you want to throw Metcalf in there and McLaurin and, uh, and, Cooper and, and Beckham and all those guys like uh, and, and no offense Ben but AJ Brown you know uh, you get that whole group of guys where one could be top five and one could be 35 uh, you know depending on how things go I'd rather wait the next round and take my chances on one of those quarterbacks but the receivers is the answer for me Adam it, I, when I was talking about the Melvin Gordon thing I, I would rather take most of all of those receivers than either of the quarterbacks totally get I, I'd rather have two of them I'd rather have more receiver depth Okay. But um, you draft 75 receivers when you can only start. Yeah, I do. <laughs> All right, so then we get to the round five group. Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. Uh, Heath, your favorite's Dak. Uh, ben, you have Murray, right? Yep. And then Jamie, who's number? Who's QB3 for you? Watson, uh, Watson for me. Um, but I, I just want to inform Heath that I just won the draft with Giants by taking Nicole Hardman in round nine. Nine. Congratulations. Oh, nine. Wow, congratulations. Great. Um, <laughs> nine. We haven't really talked about Russell Wilson, guys. He, he, you know, Heath, he relies on a pretty high touchdown rate, but we always say... Mr. Unlimited? If Mr. We, Unlimited? Mr. Unlimited? I don't know what that means. Oh, you got to watch his video. Oh, okay. He has an alter ego that he's calling himself now, Mr. Unlimited. Ugh. Unlimited. Oh, Mr. Unlimited. Fantasy potential. He was the number one quarterback in fantasy before the Tyler Lockett injury, which is still kind of mysterious to me. Um, <laughs> yes. Right? But, uh, yeah, anyway. Do you think he's going to throw more this year? Because if he's going to throw more, I want Russell Wilson. That's the thing. is I, I really think that Wilson is probably more um, high variance than we give him credit for in both directions. 
because we saw it with Rodgers the last two years when you count on a high touchdown rate like Rodgers has and like Wilson has. When that doesn't happen, it can really stink. And Wilson is at the age where I wouldn't expect him to run as much as he has in the past. So I think there's some pretty serious bust potential. But like you said, if if they just decide this is the year they're going to let him throw 550 passes, he might be the number one quarterback in fantasy. So I, I think he, like um, like Kyler Murray, has, has a kind of a wide range of outcomes. All right, so then, then we got Josh Allen. We already talked about Matt Ryan and Drew Brees and uh, Brady. There's some other quarterbacks that we'll mix in there. But Josh Allen. So what kind of upside, Jamie, does Josh Allen have? Could he be the number one quarterback in fantasy this year? It would probably take some things happening to the guys in front of him, uh, you know, being very, very bad. But I think, you know, with Allen, he's got – I I expect him to take the next step as a passer because you don't add Stephon Diggs and get worse. Uh, what Diggs does, how he gets open, how he runs his routes. Uh, we had Joe Biscaglia of The Athletic on Fantasy Football today, and he said exactly that, which I'm sure Ben is excited to hear, that, you know, what Diggs does – is perfect for what Josh Allen needs is just a guy that separates from coverage and is not going to have to make a lot of contested catches on maybe some erratic throws. But, uh, you know, I, I think if you look at some of the rushing production from Allen, specifically the rushing touchdowns, I think he scored four touchdowns on failed opportunities by Frank Gore at the goal line. And so is that something that he loses? Does he go from nine to five or does he go from nine to two? And so if he goes from nine to two, then you're going to be disappointed because if he improves as a passer, it's similar to Lamar Jackson. The rushing should come down a little bit. And, and, and Heath alluded to this, I think, more with Kyler Murray, that if he goes from, you know, five to 600 rushing yards to three to four, he's still going to be a very good quarterback in helping you with that additional bonus. But you're kind of hoping that he's still the rushing guy with the passing being better. Like he's Cam, Lu- Cam Newton-esque in the way that he plays in that he's not going to be, I think, a 4,500 yard passer, but he can be a rusher that will help him a little bit. So I think he's still going to run enough. I think he'll still be about five, six touchdowns, but I think he also can take the next step as a passer, which is why for me, he's the seventh quarterback. I do think Diggs helps him significantly to the point where he does at least maintain where he was, if not take a step forward. Is anybody excited to have Josh Allen real quick? Like I got to have Josh Allen. I go back and forth. Um, I, I don't ever feel like I've got to have Josh Allen. His ADP on our side, I think he's in the fourth round or something, which all the, there's lots of quarterbacks that are, but he's ahead of Kyler Murray. And like the argument that we are, had in favor of Josh Allen earlier this offseason was, well, Josh Allen will be drafted three or four rounds after Kyler Murray and also has serious breakout potential. So just wait and draft Josh Allen. If that's not true, then I have no interest in him. Um, I do think his production is more likely to fall apart than any other quarterback in the top 10. Okay. I agree with that. All right, that's, that's my concern and why I usually don't pull the trigger. Let's go to the next group. Then Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Carson Wentz, along with Josh Allen, Josh Allen's in round seven. So is Matt Ryan. Drew Brees is in round seven. Aaron Rodgers is in round eight. Carson Wentz is in round eight. So uh, that group of four, Ryan Brees, Rodgers, Wentz, any strong opinions here, guys? I love Wentz. Like he was just what QB seven last year with no receivers at all in the second half of the season, and maybe 
Alshon Jeffrey won't get healthy and Deshaun Jackson won't be okay. And Jalen Rager won't quite figure things out as a rookie and he'll have no receivers again. But I was really encouraged by the fact that he ran for a couple hundred yards again last year. I was afraid after 2018 that that just wasn't a part of his game anymore. And I was pretty encouraged by his production considering what his receiving core was like last year. And he has a couple of running backs that both do a lot with the ball after the catch. So I, I think Wentz has, if Wentz plays 16 games, I'd expect him to be top five this year. Jamie, this group? I I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm with Heath. Uh, we saw Wentz when he was right in 2017, and he had healthy wide receivers, and Ertz was, you know, in, in the conversation with Kelsey and Kittle as the best tight end because he had a breakout season. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's 2018. But 2017, Ertz was still very good. Um, you know, he's got great weapons around him. I, I like the fact that they, uh, you know, they lose an offensive lineman, but they bring back a guy that in Peters that they – you know, switching position, but at least you have some stability there in terms of guys that he trusts and, and hopefully can continue to keep him protected. I love the play caller. Doug Peterson's proven to be among the best in the NFL. So if Rager is uh, a top flight rookie and, and Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey give him anything in terms of health, then he's got he's got a very good upside. But, you know, he's he's a guy that uh, I'll take him after Allen. He's the eighth quarterback for me. Well, Doug Peterson's got to step it up, man, because he's been 15th and 21st in yards per play the last two years. And hopefully the personnel can help that. But um, all right. Well, it seems like there's some some Carson Wentz love there. Yeah, uh, I have me too. I'm with these guys. All right, great. Then um, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford. That's probably the end of it. Then we have like Mayfield. Then we have the guys who are going to be maybe you're, you waited or you want a high end number two. We got Mayfield, Roethlisberger, Daniel Jones, et cetera. But if we want to... very polarizing. He's, well, he, you know, well because... Jamie, let, let's talk about the first group real quick before that. The uh, Brady... Rodgers, Stafford. We haven't really spoken too much about them. Who's your favorite in that group, everybody? Brady, Rodgers, Stafford. Brady. I have Brady one spot ahead of Stafford. You guys know I like Stafford, but uh, I I did shuffle my QB rankings a bit and move Stafford back a couple spots, and and so that's where he wound up, one spot behind Brady for me. I I have a question on Rodgers because he's my – I have him ranked the highest right now, and I don't feel great about it. I don't – but we talk about how noisy touchdown rate is for quarterbacks, and he is the all-time touchdown rate leader. And last year, his 4.6 was actually slightly below average. His career is 6%. If he'd been at 6% last year, he would have thrown 33 touchdown passes, and he was a top eight quarterback last year without those touchdown passes with basically the same weapons we're expecting him to have this year. Like, do we not think that, he can ever be that guy in terms of in the red zone again. I don't know that I think that he can't, but there's a lot of underlying um, advanced stats that would suggest that Rogers play has fallen off quite a bit in the last couple of years. And this is where I'm not as concerned. You noted that Russell Wilson has some similarities statistically because of his high efficiency. But if uh, Wilson was in my opinion, the second best quarterback or, or passer, I should say, I mean, I, I don't want to dog Lamar Jackson at all because I think he's just incredible, but he's just such a different breed. Um, I, I, I think behind Mahomes, Wilson is just so accurate and so good. And that's what Rodgers was at his peak, but we're a long ways away from that. And so I don't necessarily think that's going to come back for Rodgers because when he was doing that a lot of years ago, he was making a lot of throws very consistently that he has not made for several years now. Uh, if They've we look- talked up a, a lot about, obviously, I'm sorry, Adam, but yeah. they talked up you know, his receiving core given, you know, spinning it essentially with what has happened and, and losing Devin Funches was something they didn't expect. So, you know, whatever role he was going to play, he was going to play something for them. 
Um, you know, whether it's uh, Matt LaFleur talking up ESB or Devonte Adams talking about Lazard, he just doesn't have the pieces. And, and you've referenced this time and time again, Adam, that he doesn't always have multiple receivers playing at a high level fantasy wise, but he still has guys making plays for him. We're asking a lot of Jay Sternberg. We're asking a lot of Alan Lazard. We're asking a lot of the running backs to still be successful out of the back. But they lose a big piece on the offensive line with Brian Bulaga not being there. And so his protection may not be the same. And so I think if you're Aaron Rodgers, I remember talking to uh, both Mark Ingram, well, mostly Mark Ingram, but Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara um, at one of the Super Bowls with Breeze. And I, I said, you know, you guys are so successful. It was after their big season together, but Kamara's rookie year. You guys are so successful. How is that going to work with Breeze coming into the following year? And this was Breeze coming off of down season. He's a, and they, they said, you know, Breeze just wants to add Super Bowls at this point. He's already done everything he needs to do as a thrower. Rodgers is at that point in his career. He's established. He's a Hall of Fame guy. His legacy is set in stone. He wants to win. So while he still is going to put up good enough numbers, he's never going to say, I'm done throwing. It's good. I'm just going to hand the ball off. Everything their personnel has told us this offseason is still run the ball, still be a ball control type of offense. Don't necessarily make Rodgers be Superman like he's had to be for a big portion of his career, especially toward the tail end of Mike McCarthy. And so I think you're just looking at ceiling versus floor. And I just don't know if Rodgers has the same type of ceiling. Everything he said is correct. If he does all these things, it could happen. But I just don't see it happening, given everything that's around him. Okay, let's, let's talk about the rest of the group, guys, the, the number two quarterbacks here. So it's Mayfield, Ben, Daniel Jones, Tannehill, Burrow, Cousins, Goff, Garoppolo, Rivers, Bridgewater, Cam Newton, Drew Locke. People are high on Drew Locke. Sam Darnold, Tua, Minshew, Carr, Fitzpatrick, Tyrod Taylor, Dwayne Haskins. Do any of these players, start with this, do any of these players have the potential to be 2018 Mahomes, 2019 Lamar Jackson, that kind of impact, number one player, win you your league? I don't no. think so. No. Okay. Then who are Jackson some of Mahomes your Mahomes just did things that no quarterback has done ever. I mean, Mahomes was the second guy to ever do what he did, and Jackson broke the record for rushing yards. I don't think we should expect anything close to that for a long time, frankly. Just just fire off some of your favorites. I know we've already said many of them, but some of, some of your favorites like, then we'll go like, who we're avoiding. Like Jones, for example, you know, you, you saw what the ceiling is, you know, he, and he did it four times, you know, four games over 35 fantasy points. And so, you know, with a defense that just lost another member of their secondary and, and, and a team that's probably going to be in a lot of shootouts. I, I, again, you, you can debate, do they have elite level talent around him or just very good talent around him? I, I think it's probably more of the latter, but that, that's a pretty good group. If they all stay healthy, they have a deep threat in Slayton. They have a possession guy in Shepard and Tate, and they have, you know, a running back that's going to be involved out of the backfield. We had Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com on, on FFT uh, on CBS Sports HQ, and he said 4,030 is, is within reach. Um, it's a lofty, lofty number. He's probably going to have 25 interceptions along with it or 25 turnovers. But <clears throat> that's the type of quarterback that you look for. And again, if you project him over 16 games last year, he would have been slightly better than Minshew as the fifth-best rushing quarterback. All right, some more. I know you like Daniel Jones. I know you also, Jamie, said Ben Roethlisberger as your sleeper. Uh, we haven't talked about Jared Goff. I really like Jared Goff. I mean, touchdown rate was super low last year. Um, the question, I, yeah. I think one thing is we talked about it the other way around in terms of when efficiency is really good, a lot of times volume will be low. Like with Mahomes, if he's not as efficient, we'd expect his volume to go up. I think like one of the reasons that Goff's pass attempts were so high last year was because he was so efficient. I don't think he's going to throw as many passes this year. Like, I don't think it's fair to say, give him a four and a half or 5% touchdown rate on that number of attempts. Cause they didn't throw anywhere near that number of passes the two years prior. That's because and I still they had, think they have a pretty decent. 
good defense. They had the best. Well, they have a very average defense, basically in terms of scoring uh, defense every year. But they had the best running back in football before that, and they don't have the same running game. And they're and they're losing a guy in Todd Gurley who scores at least twelve rushing touchdowns every year. So I, I'm hoping that opens things up. And remember, we had Jacob Gibbs come on talk about they bring in an offensive coordinator that's supposed to help. Jared Goff. Um, so I just think, look, I'm, I don't think he's going to finish top five, but I could definitely see him being like QB eight. And I think uh, he could finish top five. I think Jared Goff is the late round immobile quarterback that could be a top five or top three player this year. And he was uh, the one that I was going to name as my sleeper before I was talking about Cam Newton's ridiculous ADP. I did actually kind of mention him earlier, but I go back and forth between Goff and, and Roethlisberger. I was glad to ruin Adam's day in the flex league by taking Goff as my second guy. I, I think the one thing, um, uh, you've heard me mention this many, many times. He had four miserable, miserable games last year. Absolutely atrocious. He combined for 12 fantasy points in four games um, against the Bears, the Ravens, the Steelers, and the 49ers. And then the next time he faced the 49ers, he got 23 points, which was essentially what his average was if you take out those four games. There's some major stats for you. you so um, <laughs> I, I think you look at Goff and – he was the sixth quarterback the year before. Um, I, I know Heath, you, you, you can debate certainly about how much he'll throw, but the run game could be worse than it was a year ago, and they couldn't run the ball really very well at all. G- Gurley was saving himself with the touchdowns from a fantasy perspective. So um, the strength of this team is in its receivers and its tight end. You know, so if you're Sean McVay, you know, what are you doing? Are you, are you going to say, okay, Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, let's line up and, and beat you that way, or it's let's let Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby lead the way? All right, here's how we're going to end the show. Here's how we're going to end the show. Ready? This is what All we're right. going to do. I'm going to name a player. You're going to tell me on a scale of 0 to 10 how interested you are in having this player on your team. That's it. Ready? Here we go. Um, Baker Mayfield. Five. Two for two QB. <laughs> JV, Baker Mayfield. Uh, we lost Jamie. Okay, Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Four. Uh, four. Joe Burrow. Four or five. I mean, four. Yeah. Man, we are having some technical issues today. Jamie, you there? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, do you know what the game is? The zero to 10 game? Um, do I know what the game is? I give is? you a yeah. name. You tell me zero to 10. How excited are you to have this player on your team? Or how interested are you in having this player on your team? Uh, Kirk Cousins. Zero. Sorry. Uh, what's the question? <laughs> Cousins is outside the 25 quarterbacks that I would like to start. Okay. Next player, zero to 10. How interested are you in having him on your team? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Four. Two. Four. Philip Rivers. Two. One. Three. Teddy Bridgewater. Three. Four. Four. Cam <laughs> Newton. Seven. Eight. Ten. There you go. Drew Locke. Five. One. Uh, Sam Darnold. Zero. Zero. Tua Tagovailoa. Zero. Three. Three. Derek Carr. Zero. Zero. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Zero. Three. Tyrod Taylor. Six. Nine. Yeah. Eight, seven. <laughs> okay. Last one. Dwayne Haskins. One. Six. Three. Oh, bold from Ben to end the show. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Tight ends tomorrow. 
Uh, is it going to be another year where it's just like we have like five good tight ends? We'll see. Um, we'll talk Blake about Darwin, that. Blake, Blake Darwin, baby. Blake Darwin. Let's get that tight end with <laughs> tight end 12 upside. Uh, we uh, will talk to you then. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you on Twitch tonight, 7 p.m. Adios. I told you imaginary friends are real. This is just so exciting. This Friday, get ready for the movie event with the greatest cast you've ever imagined. Showtime. Ryan Reynolds, John Krasinski, Kaylee Fleming, Fiona Shaw, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Louis Gossett Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, George Clooney, Maya Rudolph, Bradley Cooper, Sebastian Maniscalco, John Stewart, Sam Rockwell, Aquafina, Keegan-Michael Key, and Steve Carell. I need to throw up or I need a snack. It's one of the two. Gross. If. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Written and directed by John Krasinski.